Good morning. Welcome to Christ for Us. This is Pastor Rolf Preuss of First Confessional Lutheran Parish, First American Lutheran Church in Mayville, First Evanger Lutheran Church in Fertile, and Grace Lutheran Church in Crookston. That portion of God's Word that we read and consider this morning, the Holy Ghost has caused to be recorded in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 19 through 21, where we read as follows in the name of Jesus. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, which you do well to heed, as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Once when Jesus was arguing with the Sadducees, he said to them, You are in error because you do not know the Holy Scriptures. The Sadducees were the liberals of Jesus' day. They were wealthy, well-educated, politically powerful, and quite skeptical of biblical teaching. They denied the existence of angels and devils. They denied the resurrection of the body. They thought that they knew more than others did, but they knew very little because they did not know the Bible. Biblical ignorance in America today is profound, and not only among liberals who despise traditional values and question what the Bible says. People don't know the Bible. Even Bible-believing Christians don't know what it says. Once upon a time, biblical knowledge was a part of public education in America. Americans were familiar with many of the stories and teachings of the Bible, but this has become less and less the case. I used to teach a class for Concordia University in Wisconsin called The Bible as Literature. Many of my students were scandalized by the events recorded by Moses in Genesis about the lives of the patriarchs and their wives. They were mostly in their 20s, 30s, maybe early 40s, well on their way to getting a college degree, and they were biblically illiterate. And this is why it's so easy for religious con artists posing as men of God to lure people away from the truth to follow whatever gospel they think will enrich and empower them. Thank God for the catechism. It sums up the teaching of the Bible in simple language that we can commit to memory so that it will remain with us wherever we go. St. Peter calls the Bible a light that shines in a dark place. It shines truth in the darkness of error. It shines with the light of the world. Jesus is the reason the Bible was written. Jesus is the light who came into the world. Look at Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, where his face shines like the sun and his clothes are as white as light, 
He is the eternal word become flesh, and he is the substance of the Holy Scriptures. What this means is that the Bible was written specifically for the purpose of leading us to faith in Christ. When St. John writes near the end of his gospel of why he wrote what he wrote, he says, But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Listen to what St. Paul says to Timothy about the purpose of the Bible. He says, From childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation, which is through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. 2 Timothy 3, 15 and 16. Notice how the apostle first talks about what the Bible is able to do before he talks about what the Bible is. First he says that the Bible is able to make us wise for salvation through faith in Jesus. And then he says that the Bible is inspired by God. That is, it is God's word. But it is more important to know the purpose of the Bible than it is to know what the Bible is. Because if you go to the Bible for some other purpose than to find in its pages Christ, your Savior, then you will not ever understand a word of it. We will be blinded to the true teaching of God's word by our own false expectations. The Bible was not written to establish a code of law by which to govern the nations. The Bible was not written in order to compete with the worldly philosophies. The Bible was written that a sinner might find a savior, and we must read the Bible on its own terms. It's a light that shines in the dark place, and Jesus is the light of the Bible. Let's look back at that mountain where he revealed his glory, where his face was shining like the sun and his clothes were as white as light. Do you remember that story? Who was there? We see two great Old Testament prophets, Moses and Elijah. And we also see three New Testament apostles, Peter, James, and John. And there is Jesus, the light of the world, at the center of the Holy Scriptures. He is in the Old Testament concealed. He is in the New Testament revealed. And the Apostle Peter tells us to look to the Holy Scriptures. Why? Because the written Word of God is more certain than even our own experiences. Now think about that. What we see, hear, touch, taste, and smell is real. We depend on our senses. But the truth of the Bible is even more sure than what we experience with our senses. Listen to St. Peter. He says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. More sure than what? more sure than what Peter saw with his own eyes and heard with his own ears. Now, most Bible translations miss this point, and so they mistranslate the text, and they add a word into it that isn't there. 
They translate the words, we have a more sure word of prophecy, as we have a word of prophecy made more sure. That is to say, we have the word of prophecy confirmed. And they assume that Peter's eyewitness testimony has somehow confirmed or validated the Holy Scriptures. Well, that's true, of course, because what Peter saw and heard on the Mount of Transfiguration did support what the Bible said about Jesus. But that's not what the text says. The text says that the word of prophecy, that is to say the Holy Scriptures, is more sure than Peter's own experience. In other words, it is the Holy Scriptures that validate our experience. It's not the other way around. Now consider this. Have you been to a funeral lately? Do you recall when one of your loved ones died and you saw the body in the casket? That's what you saw and there was no breathing. The Bible says that this corruptible must put on incorruption. Jesus says, as recorded in the Bible, I am the resurrection and the life, but I've never seen that. I've never seen a body rise. You haven't. We see and we hear and we feel all sorts of things that contradict the words of the Bible, so we may not safely depend on our experiences or our feelings. We'll feel a certain way. Is this feeling from God? Maybe not. Christians assume things based on their feelings, and then they're led astray. In defense of just about every kind of sin, Christians ask themselves, doesn't God want me to be happy? And then they reason that if they do this, they'll be miserable, and if they do that, they'll be happy. And you guessed it, what will make them miserable is what God in the Bible says they should do, and what will make them happy is what God in the Bible says they should not do. So they have the abortion, they get the divorce, they cheat, lie, steal, lash out in anger, and they do what they feel they should do at the moment, setting aside the Bible and the permanent standards of right and wrong contained therein. And setting aside the biblical standards for their conduct, they ignore as well the biblical foundation for their faith. They have Jesus in their heart, they say. They feel him. They sense him. They don't need to go to church to find Jesus in the preaching of the gospel. They certainly don't need the sacrament of the altar. They have the light within. So they trust in that light within and are led into every kind of false faith imaginable. They lose confidence before God because they don't have God, and they don't have God because they don't go to where God reveals himself. And should they decide to go to the Bible, they take it in whatever way fits in with what they've already decided it should say. But the Bible doesn't mean whatever anyone wants it to mean. As St. Peter reminds us, no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Since the Holy Spirit moved the biblical writers to write what he wanted them to write, the Bible is literally God's word. Therefore, it cannot be interpreted in such a way as to contradict itself. God cannot err or be mistaken. Therefore, the Bible must be interpreted by the Bible. God interprets his own words. His words aren't ours to twist and to turn to suit our own feelings. We're bound to the words of the Bible if we want to know what God has to say to us. We're bound to the words of the Bible 
until the end of time. As St. Peter puts it, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. For the time being, our hearts are a poor guide for living and a poor foundation for faith. But the Bible cannot deceive us. Its standards are solid and sure, and its promises are faithful. Peter wanted Jesus to stay on the mountain where his glory was revealed, and so it is with us. We look to our religion to benefit us in some tangible way. We want to see, hear, touch, taste, and smell the success that God gives, and if we cannot, we look to counterfeits and invent false gods who will deliver what we want. This is idolatry. There's only one way idolatry can be excised from our hearts and destroyed. That is at the cross. Jesus left the mountain of transfiguration to go to Mount Calvary. The visible glory showed to Peter, James, and John had to give way to the hidden glory that exists only underneath the bitter suffering and death of Jesus. The true glory of Christ is hidden under his suffering because it is in his suffering that the power of light destroyed the power of darkness, purity defeated sin, innocence destroyed guilt, God crushed the devil, and we won. We were purchased by the blood shed there. We were set free and became friends of God. Our sins that burdened us and blinded us and kept us away from God were washed away. Epiphany means nothing without Lent. This is for sure. Because only in the humility of Christ can we find our gracious God and be enlightened by his gifts. So we go to our Bibles to find Jesus. The Bible isn't just a book to be revered. It's the very words of the living God that reveal our Savior to us. He never changes. The standards he gives us to live by never change. The truth of his gospel will never change. The Bible points us to the free forgiveness of all our sins through faith alone in Jesus' blood as the central truth upon which the church and our lives are built. So we look to the Bible. We find Jesus. He is the light that enlightens the darkness of our hearts, enables us to live with confidence in a sin-darkened world. We thank you for being with us this morning on Christ for Us. Please visit one of the congregations of our parish. We have Divine Service Sunday morning at First American at 8 o'clock, at Grace at 10.30, at First Evanger in Fertile at noon, and then Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock, at First Evanger in Fertile, Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock, at First American in Mayville, and Thursday evening at 7 o'clock in Grace at Crookston. Tune in next Sunday morning for the next broadcast of Christ for Us.